Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of The View from the Bridge, a Chelsea-related podcast from Football.London. I'm Bobby Vincent and today I am joined, as always, by my colleague and friend Scott Trotter. Scott, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. I imagine I'm feeling only slightly better than Frank Lampard might be this morning. Yeah, a penny for Frank Lampard's thoughts. Um, We're saying that because we're recording this the afternoon after Chelsea were beaten for the, I think, sixth straight game. Um, unfortunately for Lampard, all six of them have been under him. Uh, they were beaten last night by Arsenal, who, of course, went back to the top of the Premier League. So there's no shame in losing to a, a side as good as Arsenal have been this season. But the manner of the, the defeat has, of course, irked some Chelsea fans, and we're going to be talking about that a lot today. Um, yeah, I, I guess we'll get straight into it. I I wasn't at the game last night, um, but Scott, you were. Uh, I just just going to ask you for your overall thoughts on the game, how Chelsea played, and what it means. Uh, I guess maybe at this stage it might not be surprising, but not well. <laughs> um, yeah, they they really struggled, uh, particularly in the first half, and and Frank Lampard spoken about last night in terms of they didn't do a great deal right. Um, he described them as nice to play against. And they were. Uh, Arsenal didn't have to be particularly good. Particularly good, sorry. Um, Chelsea, you know, misplaced passes. They couldn't get close to Arsenal's players. Um, everything was a bit slow and delayed. Even when they tried to break, it was lacked any finesse. They, they couldn't find any real opportunities. I think Ben Chilwell um, had a moment in, in the first half where he kind of drove into the box and got a shot away, which was a good chance. And yeah, they just really struggled to connect. Um, a couple of times early on, Nani Madweke tried to have a couple of exchanges, but nothing really came off. And it kind of seemed like it ended up going to him to just, you know, carry the ball to try and make something happen. Um, he had some, you know, all right runs going forward, but then there wasn't really another option that, to find. Um, Aubameyang obviously came into the team I think he had nine touches, uh, which, which I guess isn't too many less than what he achieved against Brentford, where he looked promising, but he didn't have a shot in the first 45 minutes. That's not just his fault. That, that, that was the whole team's fault. But then I think what will be more disappointing for Chelsea fans was the manner of the goals they conceded. Um, the the first two goals, I think both were Granite Jacker passes, uh, pullbacks to Martin Odegaard, who finished them both. Uh, there was just no pressure. There, there didn't seem that competitive edge to try and shut things down to to offer anything really. And then for the third goal, uh, I think Aspelicueta got beat in the air too easily. And then for Farner and Silver, they, they, they were kind of scrambling across, sliding in to try and, and get blocks in, but it was more desperation than calculation, I think. And Chelsea just struggled to offer anything in the first half. Uh, second half, I think you can say they improved. Obviously, they got the goal through Madueke. They had more attacks. Um, but I don't know. Honestly, it's Arsenal eased off. Uh, I think as so often in games like that, that the, the contest was kind of over. There wasn't a great deal of tension in the air. Uh, I think the Chelsea fans who stayed deserve a lot of credit for their support. They were putting a good effort um, on Tuesday night. But yeah, it was, I think particularly at halftime, it, it it really felt like 
we could be watching the worst team in the Premier League at the minute. Maybe maybe Leeds could compete with it. And, you know, th- these games were never going to be easy against Arsenal, uh, City, Man United, and, and Newcastle. And uh, it's not going to be easy against Bournemouth or Forest either. But it's just hard to, to find, you know, uh, how you can give the benefit of the doubt anymore, um, how you can find, you know, a glimpse of positivity. Maybe... If you're feeling optimistic, Madueke offered a little bit of that and, and what he can maybe show next season. But yeah, just an, another tough watch as we become increasingly familiar with, I guess. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, saying about this is probably the worst team in the Premier League at the moment. And you mentioned Leeds, of course, just like the manager again. And it's just, yeah, this Chelsea side are really. I mean, we've, saw, we've said it all in either on here or in articles we've written on the website. Are you almost running out of superlatives, really, about just how bad this Chelsea side have been? And look, I've, I feel for Frank Lampard in a way, but equally, I think he knew what he was coming into. Maybe not, maybe he didn't realise it was going to be this bad, but he knew how much of a challenge it would be. And it's proven just that and hundred times more and it's really difficult for him like the fans are the fans have turned on him the majority of them and it's it's tough to see but i think it's an interesting point what he made after the night um, match saying chelsea are too nice to play against i think tuchel said that quite a lot um i think it might have been even early this season when tuchel i think he only had a few games too cool before he was sacked but i think he might have said it after southampton maybe but Chelsea were too nice and was calling on his players to, you know, um, show a more, show a brutal side to them, um, you know, that like all the top sides do. But they just haven't. And as as much as you can blame managers, as much as you can sack managers, Tuchel, Graham Potter, Lampard, whoever, um, I think a lot has to be down to the personnel as well. And I think that's why this summer is so important because we've seen all these players come in but it looks like, and by by all accounts, it seems like Chelsea will be getting rid of a lot of players this summer. And I think that is one of the many underlying problems at the club. It is these players who are obviously talented and have some of them have you know proved their worth to Chelsea over time. But right now, it's they're not the right players. And yeah, like every Chelsea fan knows knows this, but we need to see a new um, obviously a new manager first and foremost. But we need to see a new team with. A new squad really with just we need something fresh because at the moment despite all of these new faces it just seems like there's these still these still these players i'm not going to name everyone um because i think it's harsh to single them out because it is a it is a problem that sort of is in the club but there are some of these players that um as much as lampard says they are but perhaps aren't showing their passion on the pitch and not having the right application. And like you said, these games are always going to be tough. Arsenal away, you know, with the form they've been in this season, Chelsea were always likely to lose, but going 3-0 down in the first half and, you know, like you said, Arsenal, if Arsenal wanted to, Arsenal probably could have won that game by six or seven if you look by the first half and the chances. So, yeah, really difficult one again for Chelsea and uh, it's just yeah, it's just been the tale of the season, really. I, I was talking to a friend earlier, and he he made a point about if 
if there were, say, three, four, five more games of the season, then Chelsea would be in real trouble and, you know, would be in an actual relegation fight with the current form. And it seems ridiculous to say, but I think he, I think he's right. And he pointed out a period in October where Graham Potter won, I think, four Premier League games in a row um, against Wolves, Aston Villa, and a couple of others, can't remember. And that has saved, that has theoretically saved Chelsea's season, really, that sort of run of form, because... I think they're nine points above the drop zone at the moment and that touch wood that nothing happens and they don't, don't end up getting um, into an f- actual serious fight. But it, it's pretty worrying. It's pretty worrying stuff. And Chelsea will be so, so desperate to sort of see the season out now and just start afresh because it's just been a disaster from start to finish. Um, I'm going to try and make a more make it a bit more positive. And you mentioned in there, Noni Madueke, um scored his first Chelsea goal last night. A lot of fans have been calling in for him and Mudrick and a few others to start more games because there's not too much to play for now. Um, yeah, how do you think he did last night? Yeah, he, he looked lively. I think he, he struggled to get into the game um, immediately, uh, as I noted before. The the connections weren't really there um, early in the first half. He had a couple of nice runs, um, had one through the middle where he then looked to feed a Bamiyang, but Bamiyang just kind of completely misread the path of the ball, so that was a shame. Um, but yeah, he, he certainly the second half provided some, uh, you know, persistence down down that right hand side. He he would track back, battled. I guess the things that you tend to want to see in a team, he did he did try and offer. Um, I thought he took his goal quite well. Um, obviously, caught Zinchenko napping a little bit. Good pass from Kovacic, and I think at, at first glance, it almost looked like. My director's shot had been blocked and it was another kind of bit of a fluky goal for Chelsea, but no, he hits it into the ground and just, you know, finds a way to put it in. And I think it's probably the only way it could go in, to be honest. (laughs) I think otherwise Ramsdale might save it. I just want to touch on the point about Madueke earlier. You said about him, Chelsea giving them the ball to sort of carry forward. And I I think that's good because I don't think we see it. Chelsea have got all these wingers and players like that, but not enough of them, in my opinion, drive forward with the ball and make you know, brave decisions, try and take people on. But I think Madueke is like that. Yeah, yeah. And I think Lampard said ahead of the game, he, he mentioned about he, he needs wingers who can also defend and do that side of the game. I think a lot of people have maybe taken that into uh, Mikhail Mudrik, maybe thinking that's that's the area of the game he needs to work on before he can, you know, really develop as a Premier League player. I think he had quite a free role just, to attack for Shatka Donetsk and maybe understandably so given his pace. But I think Madueke yesterday did kind of show that endeavour. It took him a little while to get into Frank Lampard's squad and he's kind of progressed that first team quite quickly now and I think I think we'll see him again this weekend. Um, he certainly earned that right. And Lampard even mentioned in the press conference afterwards that now he wants to see those players who are, you know, performing well in training, starting to show it in the games, they're going to be the ones that start. Um, he said that he was going to be more practical and the longer he's been at the club, he's getting more practical in terms of those decisions he's making. He kind of acknowledged that there perhaps wasn't a great deal to play for in terms of position, but he still wants to, you know, find a way to win. The, and he made a point of saying all the players have something to play for at this stage. Um, he didn't say what, but I guess maybe alluding to, to their futures that they still need something to prove, but yeah, so hopefully we, we'll see more opportunities for Madweke. Um, it'll be good to see, 
you know, as you mentioned before, just some freshness in the team. If we can get players like Mudrick playing, it'd be really interesting to see what's going to happen with Chukwemeka, whether he's been left out of the squad just because Lampard doesn't think he's up to it yet or hasn't seen what he liked in training or the maybe there's still something lingering from a little injury issue earlier on because still Ziek coming on, not necessarily that he's, you know, the worst player ever or anything like that, but there's just little chance of him being at the club next year. So it'd be yeah. nice to see, see the future, I guess a little bit because, you know, fingers crossed there isn't anything to play for, even if it's going to look like Chelsea's been involved in a relegation battle for the whole season when the Premier League table finishes at the end of the season. Yeah, you're right about that. It seems odd, um, the Ziyech thing, because well, it was odd when Potter played in straight after the January window shut, and obviously we know that his um, move to PSG sort of collapsed in the final minutes, really, of um, on deadline day. And it seemed odd that Potter sort of gave him a run in the side after that. I thought that was strange at the time. And the fact he's now, you know, came on last night in front of, you know, well, with Chucky Mecca not in the squad, and you even, like, Say like Harvey Vale, you know he's a highly rated, and like, wouldn't Chelsea be better off giving those sort of young players chances rather than Ziyech, who by all accounts is going to be off in the summer? Um, so yeah, I agree with that, and um, it would have been nice to see uh, someone like Chukwemeka, and hopefully we will be able to see him between now and the end of the season because I mean, well, there's no, there's nothing to lose really on that front because the, these senior players have done nothing really to show that they deserve their place in the team over you know some of the youth players and we all know that Lampard from his permanent spell at Chelsea that he liked to bring in you know the likes of Mason Mount and Reese James when they were younger. Yeah, so, yeah I think I saw I saw last night that last night might have actually been the first time Lampard started a game without any Chelsea Academy players. Oh really? Is, which is yeah. a surprising one. Um, yeah well yeah but obviously um Reese and Mason both being out, but so you think they they'd be in, but yeah, I guess that's true. Um, yeah, and Lampard now, um, obviously, it's his man his managerial record like recent has been posted all over social media. Arsenal fans were mocking him last night, um, chanting Super Frank and everything, and you do you do feel for him. How did he how did he seem? I haven't actually read it um, or watched it. How did he seem in the press conference after? Yeah, there was there was definitely a degree of frustration. Um, we were left waiting quite a while. I think he, he had quite a lot of broadcast commitments first, and he wasn't sort of short and shrift in his answers. He was still, you know, committed to, to giving some depth. But I think there was just a, a frustration that the team wasn't doing the basics right on top of all these other issues um, that they've had. Uh, it's you know, the, the same things like he's mentioned it before, putting contact on players and he again brought up that it's not just the, the mental side of getting players to do that, it's them having the capacity to do it, the fitness to do it, and then being able to transition from not being too aggressive during the week to then being able to find aggression, you know, when it, when it matters in the match. Um, I, th- I think that is a real frustration and I... You know, as he keeps on saying, now it, he's limited in what he can achieve in the short time he's at the club. Um, I guess you maybe hope that they can find some more fitness before the end of the season to show a little bit more. But he, he does seem like he's had a little bit of a change in attitude in terms of maybe he's going to make some brutal decisions. Maybe 
we're just going to see those players that deserve it uh, get on the pitch and you know maybe that's why we're still Cziek maybe he's still training hard and, and warrants that place and Lampard just wants to reward that because I think he said something last night as well as like the, the, the team's lost something in terms of you know, Bidham will have that competitive edge in every moment um, over the course of the season and they're going to have to find it. You know, the new manager is going to have to find it in time for next year. So maybe that that's the challenge for the end of the season. I think what, what is becoming obvious, I think it was obvious against Brentford. Uh, I don't know if you agree, is that, you know, that to an extent Lampard's running out of an ideas to try and find something that works. At Brentford, we saw the the, the back five at half time that changed to the back four with Aubameyang. Um, obviously quite a defensive uh, back five with the central midfielders in against Brentford. And then, you know, you scratch your head when you see a more aggressive 4-3-3 against Arsenal. But then the aggressive 4-3-3 that you see becomes almost like a low compact block that isn't very successful as well. I, I do have some, some sympathy with Lampard in terms of, you know, finding an answer because there's not been an answer there. But I do wonder, outside of you know, how toxic things are turned in terms of the reception of Graham Potter at Stamford Bridge. And, you know, I think that probably is a decision that had to be made. But I do wonder if Chelsea would have lost these games in the same manner if Graham Potter had been in charge. I, I, I don't know. Maybe the atmosphere is the overriding thing here in, in terms of in the squad, and that's why it's happening. But I don't know. It's... It, it feels like there's not much going right at Chelsea at the minute. And I, I don't know. I, I think, obviously, from everything we've been led to believe, Lampard will see out the season. He was steadfast in that on Monday. But, you know, you obviously mentioned Leeds replaced their manager. There's been a lot of interim managers and replacement managers losing jobs this season. Do you think he could be under any pressure? Yeah. It's been <laughs> such a crazy season that the fact we even saw. Stellini from Spurs be sacked as a caretaker was just, you know, that was unique. And then the f- we saw that, and then you do wonder with Lampard if it, if he loses against Bournemouth on Saturday, which you know is not out of the question at all. Then I, I just don't I don't know. You'd like to think no, but then it's just so difficult. And the fact we're even talking about getting rid of someone who's there to the end of the season is absolutely crazy. I think the point about Potter was a good one. It's a, it's interesting and we'll, we won't ever know, unfortunately, because it, it didn't happen, but it it would be really interesting to see what the what the games would have been like. Um, I think the thing that Chelsea missed was, you know, quite a lot of clubs get a new man, that new manager bounce, that cliche, and even though he was a caretaker, Lampard's such a such a popular figure at the club, even though he was sacked from his last bar, that, you know, the crowd were always going to be up for it. Uh, I think his first game, was his first game Wolves? First game was Wolves. Yeah, away at Wolves, yeah. Obviously, you know, that was a away game, but then the home game after that, um, it was away at Real after that, wasn't it? And then home game... Brighton. Was it Brighton? to remember Brighton? Yeah, I think it was Brighton. Brighton was his first home game, was it? Uh, And Chelsea... the atmosphere there was good and Chelsea obviously went one that up in that game and, you know, you're thinking if they win that, then they might be able to pick up a couple of results, you know, against the likes of like Bournemouth for the weekend and then Forest. But now when you look at it, Chelsea have lost their last six games. Lampard's lost his last however many games for Chelsea and Everton and things just don't look don't look ideal at all. And it, I guess it brings us on to um, 
you know, Chelsea search for a replacement and it's, it seems quite clear who it is right now. Uh, Mauricio Pochettino, we've, um, before we sort of started um, seeing all these Pochettino links, there was a sort of a lot of managers on the shortlist and that might still be the case, but now it just seems that he's the only name being mentioned. Chelsea are still confident that um, they can appoint him and I think the feeling's mutual. I think Poch um, wants a job, but it won't be until the end of the season, any job that he does take. So in that respect, I guess there's no rush, but it would be nice for Chelsea to sort of get it done and give give the crowd something to be excited for because even though, you know, a lot of them, um, a lot of Chelsea fans sort of think it's going to happen or confident it's going to happen, they're still that lingering doubt uh, he might change his mind because of how bad it's been. But um, we've joked about it off air, but, um, you know, he might might ask for more money. I don't think that will be the case, but it's just stuff like that. And you, if you're a Chelsea fan, you just you just want him to take the job now and, you know, give you something to be excited for in the summer. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, obviously, we saw Egg Barley over the weekend on that little video clip, you know, being all coy when he was asked about Pochettino. Yeah. But they, they've obviously been in LA having discussions um, with Tom Bowley, uh, though they were at the Lakers game then. So not not all work. Um, but yeah, it, I think it'd be nice to get the announcement in now to, to try and find another lift. Um, I think the last thing they should do is, you know, get Pochettino to take charge now. Obviously, you know, half joke and mentioned about his Lampard under pressure. I think I think you have to keep him till the end of the season. I don't think there's a great deal can be achieved uh, by then. And, you know, certainly if I was Pochettino, I wouldn't want any association with this season. Um, perhaps yeah. if, you, if you can get that appointment done, maybe he can come in the building the last couple of weeks, start to familiarise himself with everything, you know, make the right meetings with the right members of the just high, go high, to a couple of training sessions or something like that just, yeah. know, just training. Yeah. I think maybe it happened did it happen with Ten Hag where everybody knew he was coming in before yeah. the end of the season and you know just get that feel to, to hit the ground running um, I think in terms of you know benefit for, for him it's you would hope I guess and expect anything he can achieve next season is automatically going to look better than, than what this season was um, can't get any worse I don't think unless they come down but yeah, yeah. It, but I don't know I think at this stage maybe you start to wonder what even is plausible or what should be the target next season um, obviously in the past Chelsea, I think last time they didn't qualify for Europe, did they go, go on and win the league under Conte, maybe? Um, yeah, yeah, I think they might have been kissed. That obviously might be a, a bit ambitious this time round. So do you aim for Champions League? Do you aim for Europa League? Is it the Conference League? Probably more than the Conference League, you, you ideally like. But I, I don't know. How, how much do you think Chelsea can expect? I think, I think you've got to, obviously, it'll be interesting to see what the squad looks like. Don't expect there to be too many incomings, you know. I mean, I don't know with Chelsea, but you know, three or four maybe, and then a whole lot of outgoing. So it'll be interesting to see what the squad looks like when it's all sort of done by the end of August. Um, I, I think you know the sort of target should be just get back in the Champions League, get fourth place, um, get a bit of stability. I think it, when you look at this season, if Poch comes in and gets fourth place, I think he's had a hell of a season. I was going to ask you as well. I was just thinking with. Obviously, when Potter came in, 
he was he was the man for Todd Bowley and Nagbali. He was, you know, he was the man they wanted to, you know, spearhead their long-term ambition project, whatever you want to call it. They're gonna. I just want to ha- know how sort of lenient they'll be with um, Pochettino because if if he has, it's going to take time, especially he has quite a unique style of play. We saw that at Spurs, and it's not going to unless it's something that completely surprises us. It's not going to just happen overnight and they're going to get results it's going to it's going to be very much they're going to take defeat so they're going to have to sit through some bad performances so i i just want to know because how do you think their stance do you think they've learned from their grand bottom mistake or do you think they'll do you think they'll give them more pochettino more time because if chelsea are in a similar situation next season then it's just going to be it's going to be a never-ending cycle of bringing in managers and then sacking them yeah, I think there's certainly going to have to be some understanding again. And I guess that's the idea that they would like to keep my next manager in for a longer time period. Uh, I, I think what will be interesting in relation to that is just what, you know, Pochettino manages to maybe negotiate out of this. I think we'll probably see him have a bit more oversight, maybe, than what he would have done if he took the, if he was offered the job, you know, in September when Potter was. Obviously, we've got the sporting hierarchy and everything's going to be based around, you know, collaboration on that front. But, you know, coming in now, you would expect Pochettino to have a bit more say. Does that put a little bit more pressure on him to, you know, improve the team? I mean, if the team's not improving, maybe he does need to be under scrutiny um, next season. But, yeah, I I think having, you know, that long-term system in place is, is something... Everybody wants to see it. Lampard even mentioned it on Monday before the Arsenal game. Uh, he thought if there'd been maybe a bit more managerial stability, he would have won more titles at Chelsea. It's it is what everybody wants, but you know, if they spend bigger game, that there's there's going to be pressure to to get results quickly. Uh, but as you say, it just needs to be tempered if. If Chelsea are, you know, mid-table again and there probably will be frustrations in the crowd, maybe you just need to, you know, relax a little bit and hope that the system pulls through and if European football is enough to to get, you know, over the line for this first season, great. Obviously, you won Champions League football and I think maybe that's what you've got to set your stall out as at the start of the season. But, yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll certainly be interesting and, you know, with... You know all these mentions of the project from all the players and the ownership. You know, we're, we're, I guess we're now entering the next step, and after a year of you know tumultuous changes, lots of changes, lots of signings, hopefully Chelsea become a step closer to you know forming a squad because you know it, it has been unmanageable, even though you would still expect the club to have done better. Yeah, I think it's important. Well, I think it's good in a way that Pochettino is sort of hasn't got an agent, he's managing managing negotiations himself because you'd like to think he'd be closer to when they're negotiating about, you know, the next season where they want to be. Because Pochettino will know he's not he's not stupid. He'll know that they can't go straight away and get be challenging for the title or he might even he might even not he might think Champions League football might be too much for a push and you know, try and get fifth or sixth or just be in in and around there. Um I think that's important to sort of manage expectations because, yeah, look, this Chelsea squad are absolutely miles off at the moment. 
absolutely miles off. And I think last night proved that if it needed proving, it, it didn't. Um, Arsenal, you know, there's opposite ends of the spectrum at the moment, Arsenal and Chelsea. And it's, a, it's just such a shame for Chelsea fans because it's just a few years ago. You know, um, it was the other way around and it's just done a complete U-turn in that respect. And that's what Jazz fans will be hoping Pochettino can come in and do. He can, you know, he can be the man who's who's responsible for just transforming the fortunes of a club. And we're going to have, it's like every every window we have like a new look squad with Chelsea and it's going to be exactly the same next season, I'm starting next season because there's going to be so many players you'd think that are there at the moment who won't be there or you know, uh, and, a, and a couple of um, possible incomings. And yeah, it'll be really interesting to see um, what sort of say Pochettino has in transfers because Chelsea have got this, you know, recruitment team now. It's full of really experienced people like Chris, Christopher Vivel and um, Joe Shields, etc. So it'll be interesting to see how much of a say he has in transfers. I'm not too sure, to be honest, how much he had at Tottenham can't really remember, um, or PSG for that matter, but it'll be interesting to see if he has any sort of say. Um, yeah, so what we know about Pochettino, it, it still looks like it's going to happen. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to stay here and sit here and say that it's definitely going to happen because, you know, you're, that anything can change in football. But I, we were told yesterday um, by someone we know that there's nothing new to report, which... You know, I, I didn't put out on Twitter or anything because um, it just didn't really feel like an update, even though it kind of is in a way because people are asking. But at the moment, no update. By the time you hear this, I'm not sure when you'll hear this. It could have all changed, but um, we're recording this on Wednesday afternoon, so nothing new at the moment. Um, yeah, I guess we'll talk a bit about Bournemouth now. Um, yeah, there's not too much time for Lampard and his squad to prepare now. They'll probably have a day off today and then they'll be back at Cobham tomorrow on Thursday. Uh, training, have a couple of days before they go down to the south coast against a, a Bournemouth side who are in form um, and can actually overtake Chelsea, as you informed me, um, if they were to beat them on Saturday. Uh, yeah, it's got this Bournemouth side that they look like... Um, I think Gary O'Neill has done a really good job there. It quite surprised me when they gave him a job on a full-time basis. I thought they'd probably go with someone a bit more experienced, but he's proved himself to be a really, um, really decent coach. And yeah, Bournemouth are looking like a side in form who will still be wanting to, you know, not get complacent and make sure that they, um, they're safe. So they'll, they'll be gunning for Chelsea. And I'll, I'll ask you a question more specific. Chelsea, do, do you expect to see many changes at all from, um, what we saw of the Emirates? Uh, I'm sure there will be changes. It's Chelsea. There are always changes at the minute. Um, it's another turnaround. So maybe we see Silva rested. It'd be nice to see Baddy Ishmael. I know everybody's waiting for, waiting for him to be back in, in the team. Yeah. Um, mm. I I would guess that Aubameyang drops out. Uh, I think Chelsea looked better with Habits on the pitch, and if he's you know continuing recovery from that knee issue, as much as not the ideal answer, he's probably going to be the guy to start again. Um, Sterling, I, I don't know whether he'll start. I think he maybe needs to be brought out of the team, uh, at least on onto the bench because he, he has really struggled in recent weeks and. You know, a lot of certainly on social media anyway. Uh, 
things are starting to turn against him a little bit in terms of how people react to him. So maybe it's an opportunity to see somebody like Mudrick. Uh, so yeah, there, there, there will be changes, but I, th- I think there just needs to be, you know, a change in, in, in what we see from Chelsea, really. They need to be up for it. They need to commit to every challenge. There needs to be some conviction. Uh, and because, like you said, Bournemouth are really good, uh, a name that'll be familiar to a lot of people around Chelsea, Dominic Solanke, I think he's in some really good form, both with goals and assists. And yeah, they, they, they have been an inspired form, really. I didn't think it always looked like it under Gary O'Neill. When he first got appointed, it looked like it was going to be a poor decision. I think they went on a really bad run of form, but they're flying at the minute. And it's quite a different momentum from what Chelsea have got. Um, and I think more than anything, it'd be nice to see. And this isn't a dig at the players at all, um, because it obviously does show an element of care, and and they'll not be the only ones. But it'd be nice to see a match where maybe we can get a performance where Chelsea, you know, don't look like they're trying to work things out on the pitch. Pointing, it was like a couple of little short and shrift words that seem to be shared, maybe a couple of arguments, Chilwell and Silva, certainly after the second uh, Arsenal goal on Tuesday, Enzo Fernandez got involved. I think he might have been trying to calm things down a little bit, but maybe he was getting involved in, in the argument as well. But that's not the first time we've seen things like that um, in recent weeks of them still trying to work out, you know, perhaps where the lines are set up or how they should be moving with each other. And I think if... You know, we can just get a day where they just play and, and instinctively they're committed to the challenges. That that would be really a positive step. And, you know, I think this weekend, Bournemouth perhaps offer the closest to a team having nothing at all to play for, maybe. Um, I think from their perspective, they're probably still trying to stay up. And though we consider Chelsea safe at the minute and their level one point with Bournemouth, perhaps because they've came from the other end, they do feel like they need to be safe. So it is going to be a battle. But I think every game till the end of the season is probably going to be a battle as well. Um, yeah, it's... As we always say, I think it's, it's hard to predict Chelsea win at the moment. They don't score enough goals. You don't score goals, you don't win games. Um, so it was nice to see a goal against Arsenal where they... Didn't require a severe deflection. Hopefully, they'll score more than one goal in May. Um, but I don't know. What, what were you expecting? You'll be making the trip there. Yeah, I'm quite looking forward to it, to be fair. I've been to um, Bournemouth a couple of times. Um, never in the press box, though, so that would be cool. Um, although I did say it's meant to rain on Saturday. I, so I was hoping, you know, to be a nice sunny afternoon on the South Coast. But um, yeah, Bournemouth are going to fancy it, mate. Uh, that you know, like you said, they're in they're in great form, and I think I think Gary O'Neill he won't obviously he'll try and guard against complacency, and he'll 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 know that this Bournemouth side of I haven't looked, but I imagine they're probably favourites, which seems ridiculous to think. Um, you never guess that at the start of the season, but the, you know the, the, the likes of Dominic Solanke, who's playing really pretty really good football at the moment. He'll he'll fancy himself against um, whatever defence isn't um, you know trying to block him and yeah I mean the, the crowd will be up for it it's it's a good atmosphere there and you know it's a it's a tradition traditional big six side coming to the, the um, backyard they'll they'll be right up for it on a Saturday afternoon with their 
team playing good football. It'll be interesting to see how Lampard approaches it. I, <laughs> he needs, in my opinion, he needs to make them play on the front foot. He, he can't, he can't show them. But even though they are playing well, he can't show them too much respect because Chelsea just simply aren't good enough to keep showing these sides respect because that then they're attacking selfers and they're defending. They got more pressure on their defenders. It's understandable they show up. I showed Arsenal a bit of respect and stood off them and, you know, looked hurt on the counter because Arsenal are that good. You know, one of the best sides in England at the moment. But Bournemouth, as good as they've been, Chelsea still have the better squad. They still have the better 11 on paper and they've got better players. So if you're Lampard, even though they are out of form and have, you know, zero confidence, I think he needs to pick quite a, an aggressive lineup. I'd like to see a I'd like to see a 4-3-3 sort of again. Um, with Madueke, I'd like to see Mudrick. I'd like to see Sterling brought up aside because I think I think it is better for Sterling. You mentioned it. If he does come out aside, he's just he looks very he just looks stale at the moment, and for want of a better word, um, that it, it's not all his fault. Chelsea have been so poor going forward this season, and I think he's still one of Chelsea's top goal scorers in the Premier League. So. It hasn't been disastrous, but it's not been anywhere near the levels Chelsea fans would have hoped for and that he would have hoped for as well. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd like to see Madueke, Mudrick, you know, like pace on the wings and probably Havertz, yeah, come inside. Um, it'd be nice to see like David Fofana in the squad if he, if he could get some minutes. Um, I think Lampard spoke about him the other day when he was referring to the striker options he's got and he is an option, but it's it's not really been like that since he signed in January. I think he's played twice or something, and they've both been sort of cameos. But he 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 showed glimpses of what he can do, and like, like I said earlier, like, why not? And because yeah, yeah, there's no there's, there's no one else. It's not like there's this striker like Havertz or Aubameyang who need to be in the team right now. I'm glad he played Aubameyang on Tuesday because I think he did deserve a go. And to be honest, I I think away at Arsenal, I think his last two games. Have, well, the last two starts have been against Arsenal and both of them haven't gone well, but Arsenal, you know, very, very much like to have the ball and I, that's why Aubameyang's not been getting these touches. When he came on against Brentford, he had, he looked good, he looked bright and he was sort of almost a focal point for Chelsea. And that sort of game would suit him more than, you know, against a team that are better than Chelsea and Arsenal. So I wouldn't be adverse to seeing him play again, but I don't think that will be a case. Uh, midfield... I could see him taking Kante out because, you know, he's still still not that long since he's returned and um, the likes of Gallagher coming back in, potentially maybe Loftus-Cheek or someone like that, even like Zachariah, but why not? Um, I would like to see Badia Shield play. I think I think he's been harshly done by, to be honest, considering how well he has played when he's come in. He hasn't had too many bad games, so to speak. I, I think against... Everton or Aston Villa, I can't remember that he was not as good as he has been. But um, yeah, I'd like to see him return to the side. So yeah, I, I'm open to see a lot of changes. The likes of Lewis Hall, Chucky Mecca, you know, if they can get any any time in the squad at all, that'd be great. But uh, if I wish I was more optimistic, but I'll be honest, I can't I can't see Chelsea winning on Saturday and. I think you're. Yeah, I, I just looked, and and Chelsea are favourites for that game. So, are they? It can't. It yeah. can't be by a lot, right? Uh, like, it must be pretty close. 
Yeah, so I think Chelsea are close to evens for the win. And yeah, uh, like two to one or something like that. So that's yeah, still, yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? Because you just never would have predicted that. Like, I had Bournemouth to, I had Bournemouth to go down at the start of the season. I had Fulham to go down as well. We've obviously been really good. So <laughs> um, I think I probably had Chelsea in like fourth or something. So, you know, obviously not that good at predicting. But yeah, fair play to Bournemouth. I think they've been really good. And they, again, that's just a feel good factor there at the moment. It's just not been there at Chelsea this season at all, really. So yeah, Saturday is a game that. A lot of Chelsea fans would be daunting because, you know, a bit fearful of because they won't be confident going into it. And all I can say is to those Chelsea fans out there, once Saturday's out of the way, will be another game. There'll be another game less until the end of the season. Um, I guess that's sort of where we'll wrap up today. This really cheery podcast <laughs> that I brought to you. Um, Look, we 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 could sit here and be a lot more cheery, but we know that's not how you guys are feeling about football at the moment. So it's, it would be a bit silly. But anyway, yeah, that will be all for now. Uh, make sure to go check out mine and Scott's socials on Twitter and Facebook. Um, follow us, follow our website, football.london, to see plenty more articles between now and leading up to Bournemouth. And yeah, until next time, we will see you then. Goodbye.